So uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right on in uh, today. Uh, Lord, I just thank you. Uh, I thank you for this church body. I thank you for each one that is here uh, individually. Uh, Lord, I pray as we look into your word this morning that we are being built up, that we are being built up uh, in the knowledge and the likeness of Christ. Pray that you uh, pour out your spirit this morning, uh, that we have ears to hear, that we can hear, that we can relate, that we can uh, apply uh, these words to our lives, and uh, that out of that we can know you more and we can grow in your likeness. I just praise you and thank you. In your son's name, amen. So... To, to begin, I want to uh, just start with the scripture. Um, uh, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And I want this germinating in your mind uh, as we talk around it uh, today. Um, I'm writing, you little children, because your sins are forgiven uh, for his namesake. I'm writing you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing you, children, because you know the Father. I have have written to you, fathers, uh, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing you, uh, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. One of the things you uh, see right away uh, here is there's a progression. First of all, there's three categories here. Uh, Children, uh, young men, and fathers. And there seems to be a progression uh, here, and this is this idea of a progression is what we're going to talk around uh, today. Um, we're going to talk around the idea of spiritual growth. And I was trying. I'm a pretty nuts and bolts kind of guy, uh, personally. Uh, usually, uh, I give illustrations about tractors and about digging ditches and things of that nature because that's the kind of guy I am. Um, I was trying to think of an illustration around spiritual growth, and I had to go back to my family about this. Um, First first year of uh, being married, uh, one day my wife, uh, while we're out driving around, goes, why don't we stop and go to Petco? And we're just going to look at the cats. And I think myself, I think myself, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I must be spending money on a cat today. Um, we got there, and we got this tiny little cat, and we took it home and locked it in the bathroom, and it was afraid of us, and uh, sooner or later he came out of the bathroom and uh, ended up climbing in uh, to bed with us. Um, what started with this tiny little cat has grown into Garfield. <laughs> he eats everything. He rules the house. 
Um, I think this was a, my wife's plan all, the, all along. Uh, next next uh, year after that, she decided we're going to plant a garden. And um, we planted a garden first year it failed, second year it failed. Third year, we had a crop and we were giving out fruit to everything, everyone. And I learned over a little bit of time, you don't just throw seed and walk away. Uh, you have to tend to that garden. And if you tend to that garden correctly, uh, it grows and it produces. I think my wife's plan was to get me prepared to have a child uh, all along. Um, we'll try out with a cat. It didn't die. We did a garden. It, it lived and it growed. Um, and now uh, we have a little boy named Liam that's two years old. When Liam uh, was born in, in the first three to six months, he was 3% body weight. That means 97% of babies were heavier and bigger, bigger than he was. Um, now at two years old, he's uh, 90 cent, 97 percentile. That means there's only 3% of kids out of 100 that are bigger than he is. This is the nature of anything that lives. It grows. It, it, it tends to uh, find a way of growing. And this isn't un, th just... In the physical realm, this is in the spiritual realm, too. Uh, when we come to uh, know Christ and we accept what he's done on the cross, a new life begins. And his intention is that new, new life to grow and to sprout and to bear fruit and to change. So we're going to talk around this idea today. Um, me, I, I, I like definitions. Um, I, I like to define what things are. Um, I'm a pretty, like I said, I'm nuts and bolts. I like my parameters. Uh, uh, and I move freely in those parameters. Um, so what is the definition of spiritual growth? What is, what is the goal or what is the thing that we're looking for uh, at the end of this spiritual growth? Um, I, wanna, I want you to t take you to a uh, scripture. Um, it's, Ephesians, uh, it's Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at this, and we're going to take a look at what spiritual growth isn't, and then we're going to return back to the, uh, the 1 John 2, uh, 12 through 14. Um, Philippians chapter 3, 10 through 14. Uh, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. 
Not that I have already attained this uh, or have already made, been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to be taken hold of it, uh, but one thing I do know, forgetting uh, what is behind and straining uh, toward what is ahead, I press toward the gold to win the prize uh, for which uh, God has called uh, me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, what is the, according to uh, this scripture, what is the goal? The goal is to really know Christ, to really revel in who he is, to really, as, as Daniel uh, shared last week, really know him, and not only in a way of knowledge, but also in a way of looking like he does, taking on some of his characteristics. This is our upward uh, calling from this verse. This is the prize uh, we are being called to Christ for. We are being called to him to really know him, to be like him. Romans uh, 8, uh, 29. It says, uh, for those God for new, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So the upward calling here, again, is to be in his likeness. Uh, when, when life was uh, uh, started, you looked like you were when the spiritual life uh, was created in you, you looked like you. And as it grows, and as it matures, and as you put your dependency and your uh, love and your trust in Christ, your life doesn't any longer look like you. It sprouts and it grows to look like Christ. So when I think of maturity, when I think of spiritual maturity, or when I think of spiritual growth, uh, I think of Christ. And the wonderful image of the radiant God he was uh, showing. And the lovely, beautiful, radiant image of what we're becoming as a people. Now, there, there's a lot of uh, verses uh, in the Bible that talk about this process. Uh, and one of the ones I, I instantly thought of was uh, Ephesians uh, 4, 11 through 15. Um, this this uh, verse basically says that 
the reason for the church, the purpose for the, the church, and the purpose for all those that are, are the church is to be built up in Christ. Uh, to, to be built up uh, in our faith, in our knowledge of Christ, in attaining uh, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And that's why he gives us teachers, why he gives us prophets, why he gives us talents within the church. And this is the end goal, is that we look like him. Um, I, uh, the first year I planted a garden, uh, it died. And uh, I was kind of left thinking, man, I spent all this money and time uh, with this garden and it produced nothing. Um, and that, that uh, is a shame, you know. Uh, I, I, I was trying to think of an illustration about spiritual growth and no growth or not growing. Um, as you can see, I'm not a very clean-shaven guy. I rarely am. Uh, uh, I often enjoy Novembers because it's no-shave November. Um, um, for those guys that are in the room, how would you feel if you started no-shave no November and you're all fire with your buddies about not... Uh, about growing a beard, and it comes the end of November, and you got scraggly hairs and a little bit of stubble, and and all your friends uh, look like Marshall. Uh, that would be tragic. If you're a guy, that would be tragic. But when it comes to spiritual growth. We don't feel that tragic uh, nature when someone isn't growing. Often we're very passive about our spiritual growth. Um, and I, I, I thought about using this uh, illustration. My my son's two years old, um, and he speaks. Uh, just very scatterly mama and dada uh, and things like that. And as a uh, dad, it's hard not to uh, worry about those things, that he isn't developing correctly. Um, And I I thought back in my life at times, and I uh, was thinking, was there times that in, in my walk that I was way too relaxed and didn't worry about uh, that spiritual growth uh, that goes on. Um, I liken spiritual growth to sanctification. Uh, it's this process of um, slowly over time Becoming uh, 
like the glory of Christ. Um, when, you're, when you come into this relationship, you're justified, you're set apart uh, for Christ, you're made righteous. However, we're not just to remain there. We're to become more like him. And over time, each of us are on this journey together. We're being slowly set apart uh, for Christ. Uh, We're slowly being transformed into his image. And let me encourage you with something. We're all going to get there. All of us that um, know Christ and trust in him as our Savior, we're going to get there. Someday we're going to be in front of the presence of the Lord and we're going to have the same glory that he has. So uh, I want to encourage you with that. I also want to encourage you with the fact that whether you're a child or a young man or a father, your relationship with Christ is secure. There's some things that are not up for grab, grabs. One, he died for your sin, and your sin is forgiven. Two, he is your father, and you're a dearly loved child. Wherever you sit on the spectrum, these are givens. Whether a child, a young man, or a father, these are true of you and not up for grab. I want to encourage you in that. Uh, I think a lot of times um, we get fixated with people around uh, us. Uh, Well, this person does this so well, or this person has these strengths. And we start um, placing condemnation on ourselves. It isn't about that. It's about what Christ has done for you. And these are true whether you are a child or a father, that Christ has died and you are forgiven and that you are a dearly loved child. Um, Let's let's, uh, take a second. So if... If by definition, uh, spiritual growth is growing uh, into the likeness, growing into knowing God, and by spending time with him, uh, growing into his likeness, if that is our definition, what, uh, let's talk about what spiritual growth isn't. Um, and I've given you already two of them. Spiritual growth is not uh, about your standing uh, before God in Christ. Um, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 9. Uh, not, not having a righteousness of our own derived uh, from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, 
the righteousness which comes from God uh, on the basis of faith. It, each of us have uh, that uh, call Christ Lord. This is true of us. We have been made righteous, and our spiritual growth does not change this fact. Um, Another great uh, verse, the verse we often use here is 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, And this, this work has been done. We're not covering what has already been done. We're going to be working for a different goal. Also, uh, a, a great verse uh, uh, that covers the second idea that spiritual growth isn't. Spiritual growth uh, has nothing to do uh, with God's love for you. And when in saying that is... Whether you grow or don't grow, it doesn't change how God sees you, how he feels about you. Um, In Romans uh, 8, uh, 35 through 39, he clearly uh, uh, states that nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. Once you're a child, you're always a child. I... uh, uh, one time I had a person asked uh, me, and he goes, you, you kind of t- talk a little bit funny. Uh, you have kind of odd gestures, and you speak uh, kind of funny. And, just, and I was a little offended, and probably should have been. Uh, and and r- right, then, right then my father walked up and stood right next to me. And the guy goes, never mind. I, I'm the spitting image of my father, the way I speak, how I look. And unfortunately, Liam thus far is the spitting image of me. Uh, um, I will always be my dad's child. And I will always be loved because of that. Um, some other things that, it, that spiritual growth isn't. Um, spiritual growth has nothing to do with time. Um, it, in the Bible, it, uh, it is written that um, he's talking to a church. I believe it's Peter, and uh, he's talking to a church, and he says, uh, you're still drinking spiritual milk. You should be uh, onto spiritual meat. This is a church that was, had been around for a while has nothing to do with time. I know uh, people in Christ that uh, are very young in Christ and they've taken hold of him and Christ has taken hold of them and they're running. Uh, and they're growing and they're maturing quickly. has nothing to do with time also has nothing to do with knowledge. 
uh, I believe, Daniel listening to his sermon. He talked a little bit about uh, this last week. Um, we can, and it was a struggle for me. I went to uh, Bible school for a little while, and I have to say that those years in Bible school were some of the driest years uh, I have ever experienced in my relationship with Christ. Uh, it, for me, it took this beautiful, radiant picture of Christ and had brought it down to studying a textbook. And some of us are there. Uh, we know this. We study God's word, but there's no life. There's no moving of the spirit. Our heads are filled with knowledge, but there is no becoming in the likeness of Christ. There's no obedience or uh, applying these things. So it isn't about your head knowledge. You can uh, spit out verse after uh, verse, but unless it causes you to grow in the likeness of Christ and grow in relationship to him, it's a, it's a gong. It's a loud noise. It's worth nothing. Um, spiritual growth has nothing to do with activity. Just because you're filling a seat or uh, on uh, a missions board or, or you're doing a lot of things, it doesn't change. The end result is... Spiritual maturity has to end with growth in Christ and looking like he does. Are you submitting yourself to the nature and the person of Christ? Finally, and last, and I throw this one in because it's a popular thing today, um, spiritual growth has nothing to do with temporary success. If a if a church explodes in number, or if uh, all of a sudden uh, you feel blessed, it doesn't have anything to do with the temporary, doesn't have anything to do with spiritual maturity. It may be a byproduct of that, but uh, also uh, what we're looking for is a life change something that is lasting, something that is eternal, not something that is temporary. It, um, I liken this to exercise. As you can see, I don't get a whole lot of, I don't do a whole lot of exercise. This morning I got up and went, uh, went running. I, I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning <laughs> Quit clapping, you two. Uh, I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning because I was nervous about this time, and uh, I don't enjoy being in public uh, speaking. Um, so I went running to, to calm my nerves, and uh, now, now this time I'm walking around because I'm hurting. Uh, um, it, you know... If you, have, if you went out running once, it isn't going to change you. You're not going to grow. If you go out running three days a week, then take six months off, you're not going to create a habit. You're not going to be transformed. Same way in the spiritual uh, realm. 
we're looking for lasting change, so a temporary fix changes nothing. Um, so back to it, spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is striving and pressing uh, forward uh, to know the real uh, God and to be intimate with him. And in that joy of being intimate with him, become like him in his likeness. Uh, I want to go back uh, to where we began. First um, John uh, 2 uh, 12 through 14. And uh, again, I want to I look at these verses uh, just briefly and kind of pick up uh, the categories, kind of define uh, those categories a little bit, uh, and then we're going to kind of close today. Um, so, Here's the scripture again uh, from 1 John. I'm writing you, uh, writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven uh, for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, uh, fathers, because you know him who has been... Uh, sorry. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have known him uh, who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing, uh, I have written to you, children, uh, because you know uh, the Father. I'm writing to you, uh, fathers, because you have known him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. I want to go back to, uh, to these categories, um, these these different categories that are here. And what I what I think is it it starts in twelve. It says I'm writing to you, uh, children. And um, I think from the wording here that he's talking generally uh, to all of the groups here. Uh, this is this is anyone anyone that uh, knows Christ, anyone that is counted as a child uh, of Christ. Um, it changes in verse thirteen uh, the idea of uh, being a child, um, but let's let's cover it here. Uh, this is this is everyone that knows that. Christ died for them and his blood was the atonement for their sins. This is, this is uh, everyone as Ephesians uh, 1, 7 uh, uh, would put it in him. Uh, we have redemption through the blood and the forgiveness of our uh, trespasses according to the riches of his grace, uh, which he lavished upon us. He lavished uh, this grace, and, and our sins were completely forgiven. That's 
all of the class, as all the uh, groups. In not only uh, uh, that, but it's, it's those that were called into uh, that family, knowing that it wasn't about them. It says we had the uh, forgiveness of sins, and it was for Christ's namesake that this was done. It wasn't about us. It, uh, I, I, know, I know me, and I'm still kind of a rough guy, and when I came to Christ, I was really a rough guy uh, when I came to Christ. It wasn't nothing about me. Uh, 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 there's no shiny stone or jewel here when I came to Christ. There, the only shiny jewel that is here now is Christ. Um, And it says it is for his glory that I did this. It is for his glory that uh, we, um, we know Christ. Um, Psalm uh, 75.9. Do, do not remember the iniquities of our forefathers against us. Uh, let thy compassion come quickly to me. Uh, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God, uh, of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, uh, and deliver us. Uh, forgive our sins uh, for thy name's sake. He, he has taken these rough tools that are enemies of him that are hostile to him, and he is making us into his people, his treasured possession. And the end goal of this is that by doing that is we might bring him glory. It has nothing to do with us. So the three levels. He starts out with uh, a general children, but he moves in verse 13 uh, to specific children. Uh, he, he says um, that uh, these children uh, know the Father. Excuse me one second. And the, the idea here is, um, the wording here is, uh, these children are, are children that need instruction. Um, I, uh, I've been working on uh, syllables with uh, my son. Right now we're on the, uh, the letter P. Uh, I'm... I'm going, uh, do you want cheese puff? Puff, puff, puff? Cheese puff. These are children, these are children that uh, need instruction and know, are completely dependent on their father for that instruction. Um, 
I, I think, again, of my son. We, we come up to the road, and he already knows to reach up his hand uh, for me because I'm going to uh, tell him to hold my hand while we cross a road. These are children that their significancy, their uh, provision, their uh, uh, joy, their love is wrapped up in the Father. Complete dependency uh, in, in their dad. And just as, just as little children know your voice, you start to figure out the voice of your heavenly father at this stage. What I, how I would generalize, really generalize, uh, being a child uh, uh, here is it's all about relationship. When, um, if, you, if you came to Christ later in your years like I did, I was uh, 18 when I uh, came to Christ. I wasn't a little child. Uh, I had been living among the world for uh, a little while. Um, I would I would describe that opening relationship very strongly as my first and only love. And that is what it's talking about here, complete dependency in the love relationship with the Father. However, the second category is drastically different. Uh, second category is young men. And it says in the middle of verse 13, I'm writing to you, uh, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And then it adds in verse 14, I'm writing you, young men, because you are strong in the word, and the word abides in you, and you're overcome the evil one. Uh, I, I, I liken this group to being a teenager. Uh, there seems to be a lot of conflict going on here. Uh, uh, the evil one's attacking and there's victory uh, uh, going on here. Um, it, it describes them as being strong, uh, as many young men are, uh, but I think this is a sense of strong spiritually. And then it tells you why. Because they abide in the word of God. Uh, the, um, and I was, trying to, I was trying to think of a key idea here um, to classify this, this group. And the only thing that kept coming to me is identity. They, this group uh, knows God's word and is applying God's word into their life, and they are sold out on what Christ has done and made them. They know their identity uh, from uh, his word. So when the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy, or the evil one comes to uh, tell them lies, they know their identity, and they're able to hold that take captive of those thoughts and hold it up to uh, who Christ is. 
and that is that is where where the younger group needs instruction and they need uh, dependency this group has instruction they know god's uh, word and it's they sit in it and they abide in it and uh, when uh, the world with its schemes and the devil with its schemes and the temptation of the flesh comes, they can uh, take that word and that identity and they can uh, dispel those lies. They also know their identity and the person they're pursuing after so well uh, that when misdeeds of the flesh come, they can put those misdeeds uh, to death because it, they realize that those things are not worth uh, the relationship that they would be forsaking. Um, last classification here, and then I'll wrap up. Um, Fathers, and this this is, uh, I think, as I've become a, a physical father, I've uh, think I've uh, this has become even more presently. The idea of being a spiritual father has become even more pressing in my thinking. Um, uh, father it doesn't give them uh, give a lot of description here, except that they have known the one that is from the beginning. And I don't think this has anything to do with uh, age, uh, um, physical age. I think this is a, uh, the wording here for father uh, has to do with uh, someone of wisdom or long standing. It, it denotes the idea that they had walked with God for, for a while and they know his nature, his character, they know who he is. Where a, a child may be tossed in, in, or thrown from any uh, doctrine or any false te- teaching, these men have walked with the Lord and have drinking sweetly from who he is. And when the storms come, they stand firm because he they know the one that they stand with. So, to, uh, to wrap up here, to, to put kind of uh, a cap at the end of this, um, we, see, we see from today that uh, spiritual growth is just like any growth any life. You need to grow. And what we're growing as a church is to the likeness of Christ in, in relationship with him. And whether you're a child or uh, a father in your spiritual growth, there are some things that are very clear. You're forgiven of your sins and the uh, God the Father loves, dearly loves you. However, they're, they're, uh, in writing this uh, passage, the writer isn't condemning anyone uh, in this group. 
He knows this group of people that he's writing to. He's writing this to encourage them. Encourage them to grow spiritually. To grow uh, in, their, uh, in knowing Christ and uh, pursuing after Christ. And he desires that for them. And I, and I, I just want to leave you with a couple very simple uh, questions. I, I want you to think. And uh, I'm a case manager here at the coffee oasis, coffee oasis, and I also do often do assessments with the youth in uh, my program. I want you to do a little assessment of yourself. What is your vital signs? like. You're a living creature that is to be growing in Christ. How are you growing? If, if, if you, uh, in the description of the categories that, uh, in the scripture, uh, if you see yourself in that um, continuum that is there. What is the strongholds or what are the choke points that are keeping you from moving to the, the next uh, category? Um, maybe you're like me on the, on the first time I uh, uh, planted my garden. Uh, I kind of threw seed out there and covered it with dirt and I walked away and maybe uh, once every three weeks I watered it. Maybe this is where you are right now. What are you doing to grow? We don't grow anything in a vacuum. What are you doing to grow? What are some of the tangible steps are you taking uh, to um, grow in Christ? Let me uh, clarify. We have talked a lot about um, pushing forward, stretching ahead today, uh, building up. All these things seem very much like work uh, to me. Uh, who likes to do as little as humanly possible on Saturdays. Um, It seems like a lot of work. But understand, the same grace that called you into relationship with Christ is still with you each and every day and will call you into a deeper relationship with Christ. You are not doing this by your power. You are doing this by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, there are responsibilities on your side. Are you you being disciplined in what you do? When I met my my wife um, uh, nine years ago, uh, I knew her from before. Uh, I came up here and, and... uh, ran into her here at the coffee shop of all places uh, again. And 
we started with a phone conversation because I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And uh, what turned into a uh, weekly phone call that was about an hour uh, weekly turned into every single night we were talking for four hours. And also turned into me coming up here twice a week over the weekends. I saw the worth of that relationship, and I invested into it. Spiritual growth doesn't happen in a vacuum. Do you see the worth of Christ? And are you tending your garden in a way that will make that fruitful? Are you investing in it? I just want to leave those thoughts with you uh, today. Also, uh, speaking as an older guy, fathers in this room, who's, who's your ch- child? There's young men here that uh, need instruction. And maybe you have walked a long time with the Lord. And this, this idea right here is what makes me giddy. Is this idea of reproduction. The idea of me pouring into someone that is younger. And some of you guys have uh, been, I hope, blessed with the uh, sitting in a small group with me in the oddball ways I do things. Uh, uh, it's the idea that we who are fathers also need to be raising uh, the children. Who's your child? Um, let me pray and we can close. Lord, I thank you. I thank you uh, just for uh, your grace and your mercy that has called us uh, to be your children has called us into your uh, likeness. Lord, I pray that we as a church, we uh, would really invest and be, be intelligent about how we grow in you. Lord, I pray that uh, by the moving of your spirit, through your word, that you would be uh, transforming us as a body uh, to really know you and to look like you. I pray uh, that blessing on this body today, tomorrow, until they are glorified and are in the image of God. Just praise you. Thank you. In your son's name, amen.